You know, we've all been given this great opportunity to be kids at one point in time of our life. And most of us are lucky they get a chance to be with kids, you know. And I think the biggest uh, gift of a kid is the power of imagination, the power of distraction, the power of uh, distortion, the power of uh, averting uh, negative thoughts keeping in their mind. Now, I've got two kids, uh, Livia and Joel. Joel is nine and Livia is 13. And sometimes when I have to be with them without their knowledge, it is amazing to know how they pitch imagination and how they live in that imaginative world. Like Joel is busy with his weaponry and soldiers and guns and his Lego and the way he comes out with different things, um, the, the stories that he could tell is way beyond imagination. It's way beyond things that define quantum physics also sometimes. And Livia is busy with art and craft and uh, the Barbies which she used to be with, the makeup, the houses that she makes. You know, they defy every law of the universe. And that's the power of being the kid. Now, I'm sure we all, even today, have this opportunity to be with kids if you're still not kids. Now, I'll give you a small case. W what do we do when um, we find a kid just met with a minor accident? What do we do? Uh, we use distraction tools. Now, here's what happened one afternoon when me and Joel were playing and, you know, like an absent-minded father. Uh, <laughs> um, I was there and uh, I just saw Joel fell down and he got hurt emotionally as well as physically. And I could see that on his face. And uh, I saw this wail of pain and suffering surprising to threaten out and erupt from his mouth. Um, so I did the only thing which I thought I could do at that time to avoid this tragedy. I said, Joel, wait, don't cry. Joel, wait, wait, wait. You saw this horse passing from there? This horse is going to come and take you and make you, a, a, make you a, a warrior over there. You know, and I... And I just spoke more about the horse and I, and I used a loud voice to distract him and I spoke of warrior. <laughs> now, now that, that must have appeared very foolish, very immature to somebody standing next to me. But however, that was the best I could think of to do to distra distract him and to get him back into normal playing mode um, other than crying, you know. Yeah. Now that was cheating. Because there was nothing he would want more than not to be uh, Joel the Hurt little one um, but Joel the warrior of course this option was open to his brain at no point in the past and and I could know this how poor and manipulated Joel felt with this conflict inside as his little brain attempted to devote resources to feeling the pain and suffering and surprise um, he just experienced on on contemplating his new find identity as the warrior and guess what the latter one Instead of crying and seizing the play, instead of walking out and shouting and crying, a smile spread across his face and he, and he walked back into the game like a warrior. What we all must have stumbled across at the tender ages of our life, of five and seven, or what Joel must have experienced, nobody had this idea, but that, that was something which was going to be the vanguard of scientific revolution, which is going to occur today and in times to come. And the way we look at the human brain, we just walked into something called as positive psychology. Positive psychology, that is what I'm going to talk to you about this um, um, this Monday, I'm going to talk to you about positive psychology. You know, when I take this topic outside academics, I come from the academic world um, and the psychology world and the world of coaching. When I take this outside this world of academics and coaching, people tell me that I need to write a mail to them and explain what, what is this or, or show them some statistics or show them some graph. 
Now, you know what statistics and graph, what they do? You know what they do? They just gather everything which is normal and they show a graph of what is average and what is what is common to all. What about those which are not normal? What about the unique? There's no graph to explain the unique. What about the real spectacular activity? There is no graph and there's no statistics about it. So I've spent 20 years learning students and I've understood younger the age of the students in the batch, the more unique each one is. And as the batch gets older and older, like if you look at an MBA batch, it's so predictable. Everybody's going to wear the same look, the same talk, the same. We've managed to uniformize them. I want the weirdos. The weirdos, the younger they are, the weird they are. And I'm interested and I'm really interested in studying them. So one of the first things we teach people in economics or statistics or business and psychology courses is how in a very statistically valid way, how do we eliminate the weirdos? How do we eliminate the outliners so that we can find a line of best fit? Which is fantastic if I'm trying to study how many crossings an average person is taking in a day. But it's not amazing if I'm going to study about a human potential. But if I'm interested in your potential or for happiness or, or productivity or, or energy or creativity, we are creating a cult of the average with science. You know, if I had to ask a question like, uh, how fast can a child learn to talk in, in real life? Scientists would manipulate um, to change this and they would say, how fast does the average child learn? Now, you see what we do? We tailor the, the whole class or the whole students towards the average. If you fall below the average, the psychologist gets thrilled because this means you're depressed or you have a disorder or hopefully both. We are hoping for both because our business model is. If you come into a therapy session with one problem, we want to make sure you leave knowing that you have 10 more. So you keep coming back. We'll go back into your childhood if necessary, but eventually we'll want you to make feel normal again. But you know what? Normal is merely average. And positive psychology um, that we're going to study is, about, is not about what merely average is. We will remain merely average if we continue to study the average. Then instead of deleting these positive weirdos, what I intentionally do is come to a population like yours in a sessions room, in a, in, in, in a seminar, or right now, like what I'm doing, I come to a population like you and I say, why? I say, why are some of you above the curve in terms of intellectual property, in terms of intellectual exposure, communication, athletic, music ability, creativity, energy levels, the resilience to face challenge, sense of humor, whatever it is, instead of deleting you, what I want to do is study you. I want to, I want to draft you. I want to find your coordinates because maybe we'll be able to glean information, not just to move people up to the average, but to move the entire average up in our companies, in our families and schools worldwide. On the news today, the majority of the information is not positive. In fact, it's negative. Most of it is about murder and corruption and disease and natural disaster and blah, blah, blah. 
and very quickly my brain starts to think that's the average or the accurate ratio between the negative to the positive in the world. Now this creates what I call as a medical school syndrome. You know what that is? Um, during the very first year of medical training, um, as students read through the list of symptoms and diseases, suddenly most of them feel that we have them all. <laughs> we have them all is what they feel. Now this is very strange. I was talking to the school. Um, a very popular and reputed school in the town. I was talking to them and um, I said, uh, I was talking to them about positive psychology and they say, we know what positive psychology is and we've got regular uh, lectures every month and we call it as a wellness week, they said. Uh, I said, wow, that's interesting. Tell me more about it, I asked. They say, well, Monday we talk of ragging. Uh, Tuesday we talk of food and eating disorders. Wednesday we talk of eve teasing. Uh, Thursdays we talk of depression and stress, Fridays they say they talk of drug abuse and Saturdays they talk of sex. I say, wow, that's, that's like a Saturday of most people, they too do that. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got it, but, but you know, there was silence on the phone and I said, that's not a wellness week, that's a sickness week. You've outlined all the negative things that can happen, but you didn't speak of the positive. You must understand as you're listening to this audio that absence of debt is not growth. Absence of disease is not health. Here is something we got to get, get out of the definition that we understand who we are, why we do, and what's our definition of success and what's our definition of happiness. This is exactly the point where we need to ponder this week. Absence of debt is not growth. What is the definition of growth? And I'm telling you our brains work a lot in the opposite order. If you raise somebody's level of positivity in the present, their brain experiences what we now call as the happiness advantage. Now, in the happiness advantage state, your brain can give you more options, more solutions, and more creative approaches. This increases your creativity. This increases your energy levels. In fact, we found that every single business outcome improves. Your brain at positive is 31% more productive than your brain at negative. It's much more productive at this state. You are 37% better at sales. Doctors are 19% faster, more accurate at what's coming up with the correct diagnosis when positive instead of negative, neutral or stressed. Because that's exactly how the brain functions. By increasing the positivity in the present, by going back in the life and picking up, by picking up positive resources, not necessarily the reality that shapes us is what we are looking at, but we're looking at the lens through which you view reality. And if there is anything that needs to be fixed, it's the lens, not reality. In NLP, we call it as map of the world, or we say that map is not the territory because we're not learning reality because there is no reality. It's our perception of reality. So if we induce positive psychology, if we help you experience positivity in the present using all the resources of the past and picking up the fantasies of the future, and if we can work on your lenses, then we can work successfully with schizophrenic, with marriage issues, with family collapses, with losses, with delinquencies, with anything, with everything.